0: daring to be different once again. Thank you so much for tuning in to Dream Cases video with me, your host, Yaya Diamond. I'm having a wonderful time being off the road. Yes. Yes, it was, it was three weeks on the road, going everywhere, touring, singing, uh, meetings. Oh my gosh, it was crazy for three weeks and I'm back going back out in a few weeks again, but I, I'm, I'm enjoying my home state and I'm also enjoying being back on the radio consistently at 97.5 FM real community radio, in North Fort Florida. As well as on Bomb Baby Radio in New York City and the Caribbean Community Radio Station in all of the Caribbean and the West and East Coast of Florida. Covering, I mean, I'm pretty much covering a lot of different places. I want to thank you, India, for tuning in. I want to thank New York for tuning in. I want to thank most likely, I mean, you know, most likely just so many people are listening to this show on the Dream Chasers Radio Network. Thank you, iHeartRadio, for putting me on. Thank you, all you guys. You guys are awesome and wonderful. We have a wonderful show for you today. Obviously, it's always wonderful, full of people going after their dreams, full of people going after their goals, and we leave no stone unturned when it comes to creativity. And that's why we're going to be doing, you know, we're going to be doing so much more in 2019. But right now, in 2018, we're talking about getting out of our comfort zones. I know it can be hard, but... That's what we do as dream chasers. We get out of our comfort zones. And I have an author, a, a, just a, a just released a book. And Jamie Sorensen is on the show with us today. Thank you again, Jamie, for tuning in and also for calling in. Uh, tell people what what's up with the book that you got coming out. Yes,
2: yeah, this is this is Melanie Houston.
1: And,
0: oh, it's um, Melanie. Oh, I'm so sorry. Melanie, I get
2: my name. I get it. Melody. I understand. It's Melody Houston, and Lisa. I am a author and publisher. And um, my publishing company is Alabaster Box Media Group, mm-hmm. www.alabasterboxmedia.com. And as an authorpreneur, my website is Melanie, M-E-L-A-N-I-E, Houston, H-O-U-S-T-O-N, dot net. And my latest book is called My Africa Hair. And I use the book. Oh, my gosh. I'm so
0: sorry. I got the names mixed up. It's my fault. But Melanie, tell me about the book
2: the book is a full-color illustrated book using watercolor and tea stain, and I use hair as my metaphor and my model, and I created it as a journey in self-esteem, and it's particularly focused on ethnic hair, and I wrote it with um, women of color particularly african african-american women of color in mind i say it's for black girls everywhere and with all of the um i'm just loving the fact that we we love our natural hair now and that we have so much versatility whether we're, we're natural or we're relaxing or wearing a weave whatever it is and in the black community we know we have a special relationship with our hair Mm-hmm. And I want young girls to embrace that and to love whatever uh, hair they have. But I, as important as that is that they love themselves. And so often, fortunately or unfortunately, our identity is wrapped in what's the texture of my hair? How long is my hair? Um, and the terms that seem to have filtered down through the generations like, I have good hair or she has good hair. Everybody's hair is good. We all Mm -hmm. have good hair. And that's why I use hair as my model to talk about family values and being socially conscious and um, parenting and love and community and embracing who you are. And that's what my Africa hair is. Um, I created the book as an heirloom, as a collector quality book. It is a collector's edition. When you hold the book, it is a soft touch hardback cover. It has gold embossed foil. I have a gold ribbon marker down the middle of it, and every page you turn, you are inspired by another um, watercolor and tea stain illustration of African or African-American people being who they are and loving Mm. who they are.
0: Mm, I love that. I absolutely love that. You know, um, being natural is something that is going around nowadays. And you're right, you know, black women of all, uh, you know, all, all over the country, all over the world are going natural. And this book is just, it's just, I'm sure that this is going to be one of those books that's just a pivotal book in in the movement of hair. But tell me, tell me one thing. What made you write this book besides just the fact that, of course, we love our hair. But, I mean, what else is there behind it personally for you in this book?
2: I'm going to try to make it a short story. The bottom line was (laughs) I had started my own business, and the last thing on my list to do with my finance was to go to the hair salon. I didn't have money to do my hair, and I had a relaxer at the time. And all the naturalness of my hair was coming in, and I thought to myself, wow, my hair is, and I don't know if you remember this, my grandmother, who was a, uh, a beautician slash cosmetologist, used to talk about your hair going back home, meaning back to its mm-hmm. natural roots. And I'm standing mm-hmm. in the mirror thinking, my hair hasn't gone back home. It's gone all the way back to Africa. And I was loving it. I was running my fingers through what had been straight hair, and I thought about writing it as a poem that was going to be a part of the collection that I was writing. And I was inspired when I went to bed that that's not a poem, it's a book. And I actually had a conversation with the Lord, and he was like, That's not a poem, that's a book. And I'm like, No, it's not. It's a poem. He's like, No, it's a book. And I'm like, No, it's not. It's a poem. And then I start to visualize it as a book with all the images for every stanza. And I sat up, because it's like 2 in the morning, and I thought, This is a book. And I went back down to my computer and started writing all over again. And I probably wrote a good portion of it, 75% of it, in that night and being inspired about what it meant to love myself, no matter where I was economically or how I, my hair was, whether it was short or long or whatever. And I just felt that I'm not the only woman that's been in this situation where. I didn't know what to do with my hair.
1: <laughs> not um,
2: out of that lack, if you will, came this book. And the more I wrote, the more I got excited. And the more I talked to other black women in my life about it, the more they got excited. And mm-hmm. so now that, um, and I, what I did was I, I, I looked for a very long time, Yaya, to find an artist who would reflect the kind of imagery that I wanted because my publishing house, Alabaster Box Media Group, our vision is to marry art and literature. And mm-hmm. I found that in the artwork of Felice Roberts, who is um, Bahamian. And it was mm. by accident. I was looking one night on the web for an artist. I mean, I looked for, 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 I can't tell you how long, I don't even want to tell you how long I looked for an artist. And I started picking up the phone and emailing famous artists like Leroy Campbell I mean, I was calling folks thinking all they could do was tell me no. (laughs) And I found this sister on Etsy, I think it was, and I traced her down to Facebook, and we started to talk. And um, I found out that she lived um, on the same part of Nassau, Bahamas, as my husband's family on his mother's side. And we just formed this client relationship that now has become – a mentor-sisterhood relationship. And as a matter of fact, for the people that are listening, if you are a reader of Essence magazine, in the back, you can find the horoscopes. She is the artist um, that does the horoscopes in the back of Essence. And at the time of our contract, she didn't have that contract with Essence, but she soon got it. And so I mean, she's internationally known. She does commissions all over the world. And I'm just, I can't tell you how excited I am about our relationship, about her work. Um, To get the book done, we FaceTimed once a week.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And she would give me pencil drawings, and we would discuss what we liked, what we didn't like, and then she'd do tea stains, and we'd choose tea stains together, and, She's actually a graphic designer as well, so it was a blessing to me that she could lay my book out. I didn't have to start over with a graphic designer to tell them how to do the spreads in the book. Um, for years, I had worked um, at Who's Who Publishing under the ownership of C. Sonny Martin, and part of our, our books was how we laid everything out. And um, I learned a lot from um, Sonny <clears throat> Martin. He's my publishing mentor. And with Felice. <clears throat> Um, let me just say this that sometimes she would show me something, a drawing when when she showed me the cover of my Africa hair that she did, I just broke down mm. in tears. I just broke down in tears. I, I I couldn't believe what she had done with um the work. And I, I love I love her. I love, love, love Felice Roberts and I love what we've done with this book. Um our hearts and souls are in this book. And, and when you open it, when you hold it, you'll see what I mean for those that are mm-hmm. listening. Um, it, is, um, it is a spiritual journey. It is a journey in art. It is a journey um, and a movement that we've started, and it's not going to end in a month or two or a year. This is something that we want to carry on and on and on and make it a generational work. Um, Like I said, I created it to be an heirloom and a collector's item, and it definitely is that. And that's been the reaction we've been receiving. Um, Hmm. When people see it, they come up and they go, somebody had that book, you know, at some of the events. I saw that book. This is the book. I want to see it. And then when they open it, they go, oh, wow, this is beautiful. That's Mm -hmm. probably the First thing that people say is, "Oh wow, this is beautiful." Hmm. Wow,
0: and you know, I did see the, uh, I did see the artwork. It is gorgeous. It really is gorgeous. From my Africa hair, it is a gorgeous book. Wow, and it is a gorgeous cover. I mean, yeah, it's got.
2: I mean, yeah. hmm And see it's it. it's art. It's poetry. Um, the art reflects the words, of poetry. It's for visual people. It's for people who like poetry and who read, but there's also, how do I say it? Every time you turn a page for visual people, you have another um, experience, another mm-hmm. movement, another piece to look at, and, and eventually I will make some prints out of some of this work, um, but it's, it's for visual people. And I say it's for women 8 to 108, um, um, that I want it to go from generation to generation. I gave I gave it as a gift to my great aunt who's 100 years old. Wow. Um, it it so, is something, yeah, I, you
1: know,
0: artwork itself is gorgeous. I mean, if you look at it, you have a woman's head kind of tilted but coming out of the country of Africa, beautiful. Yeah, and it looks like a yes. map, but yet it is the map. It is the actual continental map of right. Africa. It is that
2: is that is gorgeous. Wow. Yeah, that was the piece. I mean, there were a couple pieces she did that I just all I could do was hold my mouth open and and tears would come down. But that particular oh. one, when she sent me that. I I lost it. I lost it. She captured what I wanted everybody that owns this book to see as their first visual experience. Mm -hmm. And and out of Africa comes so much beauty and so much wealth and so much creativity and diversity. And that continent doesn't get the credit that it has deserved over the centuries. So much no. has been stolen from Africa: the math, the uh-huh. chemistry, the science, the economics, the literature. Um, it was, you know, it's been stolen, and yeah, I know. Um, we 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 need to get back to understanding who we are, um, particularly in America, where our roots are. Um, I have a desire for young kids to know that their their history didn't start in 1619. Um, I right. want them to know that you come from kings and queens, mm-hmm. and we have that reflected in the book.
0: Mm. Now, the beauty of of the of the black woman's hair is is been put down for centuries. You know, um, I remember yeah. reading history where we would have to cover our hair because because the mm-hmm. you know, I, I forgot. Using but it was it wasn't didn't make any sense to me that we would have to cover our hair. Um, we even till today we have uh, stories um, that come on the internet of people saying that they can't wear their natural hair to work because it looks unkempt. Right. I mean, when are we going to get over this? It grows out of our head this way. We do comb it, but it is super curly or or super thick, and really, truly,
2: this is the way it looks. And it's interesting because our hair has strength, but Mm -hmm. to denigrate or not recognize the power and the beauty of um, our people and our women, the hair has been mocked and, you know, a a stigma in terms of shame. I mean, I I read recently where I think it's in the Navy that women are just now able to wear their natural hair. And typically, Unfortunately, a lot of the negative conversations about hair has to do with our hair. You know, why is our hair the conversation when it comes to negative connotations? And what I want to start with this book is positive um, conversations about the versatility of our hair. And I've even had some of my Caucasian friends admit to me, I have always been jealous of your hair. Hmm. And, now, I think you know once we start to embrace our hair in our own communities, there's an embracing of other things that are as significant in our in our community i think it its extends beyond the hair, and that's why I used it as the model and the metaphor in my book because it's such an issue mhm, you know and and you in the book, you see women of different skin color. Some have straight hair. I even have a a young girl that's differently abled. That was important to me in a wheelchair. I have a a sister Mm -hmm. that's bald. She has no hair. I wanted that reflected um, because, you know, her journey may be, I don't, you know, I want my hair bald. I like it. I like my bone structure. It may be that she was ill, went through cancer, Mm -hmm. lost her hair, but she's still beautiful. Mm -hmm. She's still beautiful. Yeah. And, and I was raised in mean, a generation where, with my grandmother coming from the south and being very provincial, conservative, um, I was taught you didn't leave the house or leave the porch. Let's just say that the porch without your hair being cut. Oh um, no, you just didn't. You just the
1: porch.
2: Right, get on the porch and do it. But you're not. You're not going. You know, out. You might go down the street go to somebody else's house and do your hair, but I was just taught to take care of my hair, and I never understood when I see, you know, young girls whose hair really, you know, there is some, you know, all natural hair is beautiful, but it should be clean, it should be, you know, kemped, and it should be, um, even if it's in your natural state, make sure it it's, it's still clean, and we just were taught that, and I'm not sure some of those values got passed down um, mm-hmm. and so I think that part of it is being pride in self um, some of it is pure economics but how do we teach each other and teach our daughters and teach our young girls who may not have a mother figure to take pride in themselves mm-hmm. and take care right. of their hair you know, but it, you know it is. It's, I mean it just, it, just it, it. there's so many avenues that this conversation can go yeah, yeah. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Because I have I friends think the... don't want They don't want to do their hair in the morning. They want to put that wig on. They're like, you know, That's... what, I do not have time. And I get mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That's what they want to do. They they're like, oh no, Mm-mm. I don't have time to do that. I get headaches
0: from wigs. I can't do wigs. I can't. <laughs> I've done wigs in the past and I suffered. Suffered by yeah. the time I got in. The- I was stripping it off. <laughs> That's done. I'm done. Right. right. Hard to take it off. So some people can and some people just cannot. Um, so where can people reach you and to to look at the book, to look at the artwork that I've
2: I've seen? Well, you can go to my website, www.melanie M-E-L-A-N-I-E dot Houston, I'm sorry, Melanie Houston, H O U S T O N dot net. Um I don't have all the images showing in the, on the website. You'll see the mm-hmm. cover. Um, and um, I, I, I really they're, they're, I, I struggle with showing more images, and I'm, I probably will put some more up there. Felice and I will do that. Um, some of the things on my Instagram page, um, I've shown some of the artwork, and my Instagram is my underscore... Africa, A-F-R-I-K-H, K-A-H, I'm sorry, underscore hair. My underscore Africa, A-F-R-I-K-A-H underscore hair. That's one Instagram page, and the other Instagram page is Alabaster, A L A B A S T E R box, B-O-X, media, M-E-D-I-A, group. And if you scroll down, you'll see some of the artwork on the Instagram pages. And I'm also okay. on Facebook as Melanie Houston and Alabaster Box Media Group, so you'll be able to see a few of the select pieces. Um, but, I, you know, the book is $29.95, and it's worth every penny for the artwork and the, the collector's item that it is. So I say, you know, buy a copy. They make perfect Christmas gifts, wedding gifts, graduation gifts, birthday gifts. But right now we're in the Christmas season. If you want to make an impression and and give a gift that people will remember and set you apart, I promise you, I promise you that my Africa hair is that gift. I love it. And I love I'm it. Also on Amazon. It's also up on Amazon.com for those that love Amazon. Have the the membership or don't have the membership it's under my Africa hair um, or you can, you know, look under Melanie Houston, but it is up on Amazon as well. Yeah.
0: yeah I have your, uh, I have your information in our description box. So if you didn't get all of that, you can just go ahead and copy and paste. I have her Instagram, Alabaster Box Media Group. net. Please go ahead and go to the pages. Look at that beautiful artwork and, uh, Hey, if you love what I love When I saw it, get the, book. get the book Well, Melanie I want to thank you so much for being on the show And for your forgiveness, I ask <laughs> oh, that's
2: but, okay. um, I understand I understand <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: definitely But, you know, it, it is A wonderful, wonderful thing that you've done Highlighting the struggle I mean, it's still is a struggle today It's a struggle, and I struggle with it And you're right, I have had a lot of my friends tell me, "Why do you put the wig on? Just wear your hair. We love your hair." And so, and they're not—they're not black. They're white, you know. They got the, mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. long, long locks. You know what I mean? And they say they don't want to see me in a wig. I said, "Good, yeah."
2: <laughs> well, and but that's ass. a compliment. It is, and it—it's it, a compliment. And the fact that our hair is so versatile that if you want to put a wig on it, you can. If you want to put in uh, a weave you can, um, but one of the things i in the conversations I love to have, I want our young girls to make sure they're doing it for the right reason right are you are you, you know is it because you you know you have the versatility or maybe there's a lack of understanding of how to care for your hair that's great, but I want them to love who they are at the end of the day, uh-huh. whether they have hair or they don't have hair. I want yeah. us to love us. And when we start loving ourselves, we um, begin to make better decisions about relationships that we're in, people who we allow into our lives, um, where we go, who we associate with, what we listen to, what we read because we love ourselves, what we eat, what we put into our bodies to make us healthy. All of those things are part of self-love and self-esteem, self-esteem, and in our community, like I said, with as women, we have a special relationship with our hair. And so I just my heart, my desire is that we do it for the right reasons. Right. And and you'd be surprised at the reaction that people have to our beauty. We are a beautiful um, people. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's part of, um, you know, for grandmothers that are listening, aunts, mentors, um, teachers, go to the website Melanie, M E L A N I E, Houston, H O U S T O N dot net or alabasterboxmedia dot com. Go there, buy a book for your classroom, buy it for your library if you're a librarian in a school. If you're a grandmother or an aunt or a godmother, a sister, and you just want to give something special to someone to make them open up a page and love who they are and love their people, this book does that for you. And the art of police Roberts reflects that. I mean, mm-hmm. every single brushstroke, every single page we did with – you in mind.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Thank you again so much, Melanie, for being on the show. And thank you for putting your heart and your soul into that book. Um, and mostly, you know, uh, thank you for doing what you do. You know, not everybody's going to tackle that. It, it is a subject. <laughs> it is a subject. But uh, thank you for doing that.
2: I appreciate you, Yaya, this evening. I thank you for the work that you do and how you use your skills and your gifts and your talents to make a platform for people like me who are indie authors, indie indie, uh, publishers. Um, I just appreciate it. So thank you so very much. And I wish you Mm -hmm. that God, you know, continue to bless your voice and to bless the work of your hands. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much. That is not, this is a joy. This
0: is a joy, and, and I so I so enjoy it, and uh, I do it again and again. If they gave me the choice to do it again, I do it again.
2: Mm-hmm. Amen. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, you. thank, thank you. you.
0: Wow, that was Melanie Houston. Melanie Houston, the author of My Africa Hair. You guys got to go and look at that artwork. What? What a piece, what a piece We'll be right back, don't you go nowhere You're listening to Dream Chasers Radio with your host Yaya Diamond But see, there are times where we have to get out of our comfort zone that we, we are definitely stuck in some kind of a rut sometimes that we don't even see our way out. You know, and the thing is, is that the, sometimes we do see our way out. Sometimes we do see it. Sometimes when we think that we're stuck in that rut and there is a way that, that we can get out of it, we know it's a great way. We know it's not going to hurt us. We know that if we go that way, it's going to work. But it's out of our comfort zone. How about getting out of the comfort zone for you, for me, for everybody? Now there are there are a few ways, and I went online. Of course, everybody goes online to find things, and I'm not I'm not the only one. So here we go. So some some of the ways to get out of your comfort zone, and I, I looked this up, and I'm like I'm okay, I'm going to read this online. Remember. Some of the best things happen when you are uncomfortable. (laughs) Do you realize that a lot of times we get out of our comfort zone and a miracle happens? That breakthrough happens. That job comes into play. This new direction, this new income source. It's just the best things happen when you're uncomfortable. What we could do to get out of our comfort zone. What else can we do? Do small activities to challenge ourselves. So things that aren't something that we commonly would do. Challenge ourselves, small tasks, you know, little by little, to get it done. You know? Turn it into a learning experience. That's great. That's great. Turn it into a learning experience. But a lot of times. I have turned things into a learning experience and got mad at myself because I didn't know it. it.
1: <laughs> <Rupert. laughs> that is so dumb.
0: Oh, my gosh. But it's true. I got mad at myself for not knowing it. But, of course, I'm not going to know it because it's a learning experience. Duh. But these are things that happen. You know, coach yourself. Okay. Coaching myself, I don't think that really works for me. I'm going to say it right now. Coach yourself. And, I, and this is stuff I found online. Coach yourself. Uh no, I'm not gonna go because you know I'll sit here and say you can do it. You got this to
1: Yes, you can do this. Yeah, I got do.
0: And I'm like, nope, can't do it. That goes down the drain. Coaching myself, you know. Picture yourself filling with light and confidence.
1: <laughs> that is so crazy. Really?
0: I don't think I can do that either. I feel like a hippie or something. I don't know. Maybe filling myself with light and confidence. Maybe confidence, but not not light. (laughs) I'm going to move on from there. Perform research to get a handle on your fears. Okay. I mean, I have done research upon research upon research upon research and never moved forward. So I don't know if that one... Will help me become familiar with discomfort. I think I, I think that once you become familiar with discomfort, you don't
1: want to do it.
0: <laughs> Am I good at this? This is not good. I'm finding stuff online that doesn't work. Except for the some of the best things that you that you do when you're un, that happen is when you're uncomfortable and doing small activities to challenge yourself. Those are the two things that I think. For me, would work. But all the rest is kind of funny. Clearly visualize success. Yes, I do visualize success, but it's in my comfort zone. That's not going to work.
1: <laughs> let me see.
0: Let me see. Okay. All right. So let me go ahead and go and find a few other things to see if I can find something really cool. Um, <laughs> I
1: haven't. I'm sorry. That was funny. You find light.
0: Find light. Okay, that just doesn't work for me. I'm just not that kind of person. Okay, only Only when you stop letting fears and anxiety hold you back when you start to make those major breakthroughs in life. This is more like it for me. Unfortunately, many people have problems with getting out of their comfort zones. They they want to do more in life, but they're afraid to challenge themselves and push the envelope on what they think is safe. So in this post, which is where I'm reading from, developgoodhabits.com forward slash comfort zone. In this post, we'll be talking about your comfort zone specifically. They will give you seven steps to use to get your boundaries. This is what I see about these seven steps, guys. Because I did, we just did some steps and. Let me see here. Let me move this out of the way. All right, so seven steps. Step one, get information. Okay, anxiety usually comes from the fear of the unknown. Usually we imagine the worst-case scenario of what could happen when we push past the boundaries of what makes us feel safe. Okay, to break through your comfort zone, you need to first educate yourself. Your goal here is to find out about whether skill or activity, you pursue, which one you're going to pursue. You'll talk to people who have done the same thing. You'll read books on the subject and check out articles on the Internet about the subject. Information is power, and the more you know about something, the less scary and the more powerful you'll feel. However, can I just say that I have been doing that, getting information, and I still have yet to get out of my comfort zone. And I have a very big comfort zone. Matter of fact, I mean I, I pretty much do a lot of different things
3: except skydiving.
0: I won't do skydiving. I don't do skydiving. But I will do a lot of things but I won't do sky but the thing is to get out of your comfort zone. I mean to me, having a plan, getting information, um, holding myself accountable let me think. Uh let me see. I mean, um, remaining no, no, that's that's a good one. Okay, so those those ones I just mentioned, they don't work for me. They don't work for me. Holding myself accountable and having a plan and getting information doesn't work because I already know the information. I've already studied it, and I'm still too scared to get out of my comfort zone. So what should I do after that? I think for me, for the person that I am, taking baby steps towards the goal, moving forward, writing it down, and aggressively challenging my comfort zone and remaining positive are going to be the things that work for me. I don't believe that I really truly need a lot of information because I'm not the kind of person that really would benefit from a lot of information uh, about getting out of my comfort zone or even about the subject that I want to pursue because I will buy every book, I will get every magazine, I will read everything and still be scared to move forward. Me personally, I think I'm the one that's just going to say, forget it, Geronimo, and just jump into it. Because I, I guess I don't know why. <laughs> just I don't know why. I don't know why I'm that kind of a person. And maybe people who are that kind of an informational kind of person—they want control over everything. They wanna, they wanna know what they're doing before they do it. I'm not that kind of person. I'm the kind of person that's just like, okay, well, let's do it and see what happens. That's me. And and you know what? I think that's why I don't have a problem too much with getting out of my comfort zone. Um, I think I've expanded my comfort zone a lot in 2018, and I think I expanded it so much so that I was not able to handle the caseload that I put on myself. However, there was a lot of things that I have tried new in 2018 that most people told me not to do that. I said, oh, fully, well, it's okay. I guess I'll just do it by myself, and bye, ha-ha, <laughs> you know, so Getting out of my comfort zone, doing the things that I don't normally do—that's something I'm—I'm—I'm going to continue to do. I actually like it. It actually is pushing the envelope. It—it it actually is adventurous. I figure that life happens around me so much so that if I don't participate, I'm going to lose out, and I'm, I'm going to have like the little tiny stories when I get old, instead so of the big huge ones. And I actually want the big huge stories when I get older. So getting out of my comfort zone. It's something that is just necessary. It's necessary. And uh, I hope it's necessary for you, too. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Don't you go nowhere. You've been listening to Yaya Diamond on Dream Chasers Radio at 9010.5 FM, Real Community Radio in North Fort Florida, Bomb Baby Radio in New York City, the Caribbean Community Radio uh, in all of the Caribbean, and the Dream Chasers Radio Network.
1: Thank you so much
0: for tuning in. We'll be right back. Don't you go nowhere. You know, getting out of our comfort zone, doing music, doing writing books, writing poems, writing songs. It's all about getting out there, doing what you love to do, and pushing the envelope and not being so afraid to challenge yourself. You know, challenge yourself. Take those baby steps. We have our next guest on the line. I want to welcome to the show. Thank you so much for calling in. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do,
3: please. Hi, my name is Jamie Thornton. Can you hear me? Well? I got you. All right. That's fantastic. Um, I am an author, and I just published my second book, Single, Pitiful, and Unlovable. Yeah, right. Awesome. Tell
0: me about that book. Tell me about
3: it. Well, it's the second book in a series. So I decided to write uh, a series of four books, um, and all of them have a theme, but it's there's a main character. Her name's Sarah. And The books take you on her journey through life, um, and it deals with a lot of real issues. Uh, This particular book is about her finding purposes, uh, but, you know, she goes through several failed relationships uh, and, you know, what she's learning along the way and dealing with real stuff um, that we all deal with, you know, betrayal, not just from, you know, romance, but friends and family and, uh, you know, being sick and, you know, just all the challenges that life can throw you and, you know, what is the purpose of your suffering, what is the purpose of your pain, and always growing and, you know, becoming the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: You know, you have done so much. I mean, you got so many abbreviations after your name, I don't know what to say.
3: <laughs> Tell Well, yeah. about that. Uh, well, well, I just have to say the book is a fictional book. Um, well, so I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner, um, and I'm a clinical nurse specialist, and uh, – my main job—I happen to be in the military, um, so I, you know, I, I'm their uh, mental health provider. Uh, but I wrote mm. the book completely separate. I wrote it just as just as Jamie, just my everyday um, person, I guess you could say. Uh, so, I—I I, I don't know. Is that what you want to know? But what, what are those abbreviations? Psychiatric nurse practitioner and clinical nurse specialist. Yeah. Yeah. and I think you no, know and then probably my rank. And say,
0: right? Because you know what, a lot of people don't realize that you know you could be doing something one one thing, and still love to do something else. What I mean, you you said that this is your second book. Tell me why you started writing in the first place. Why? Why you're a nurse? Why? Yeah,
3: absolutely. You know what? And I get asked this question a lot, and I actually love to answer it because it's the driving factor. I had um so I've been in military almost 24 years, Um, and so it's been almost uh, a good experience, great experience, amazing experience, most of the time, but there was a a blip on the radar where I um, really worked for um, some bullies with power and control, and they did a lot of damage, and I could not get over my anger, and so as a child, I grew up with severe ADHD, and reading and writing were an incredible punishment for me, such a, so I did not have a lot of confidence when it came to those two areas. They were not my strong areas, business and numbers and being a body, busy body. But I came back um, from that situation, and I was just so mad about what had happened to me. And, I, you know, I'd always heard, you know, what was meant for harm will be used for good. And um, I'm like, well, how's that going to happen? And then I saw, you know, a friend of mine who was in the same situation, and she was just so broken and suffering so much worse than than I had. You know, I think I was a bit more psychologically hardy. And um, then I found another one of my friends who was also suffered. And I told my second friend, you know, I said, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to expose these um, bullies, you know, for what they did. And I, I, I literally am very, very disciplined, even though I have ADHD. And I sat down the next day and I wrote like two chapters in this book on bullying. And so then mm. I got in touch with a publisher and he's like, you know, that's really great. You know, I have so many interesting life experiences. You know, he's like, you know, the bully book's fantastic. He's like, I'm just not feeling it right now. He's like, I and I like, you know what? I think you're right. I'm too angry to be effective. And and he was absolutely right. And uh, so he said, like, Would you consider anything else? And for whatever reason, I remember like back in two thousand and seven, I had taken care of a patient and I wanted to give him resources and I didn't have anything to give him. And he was gay and he was living a very inauthentic life. Um, so I wrote, you know, just that snip of you know his life it was just inspiration it wasn't his life the book has no similarities to him at all but you know what it would be like to be a gay man and be inauthentic um and you know and the person that puts you on the path to authenticity so in that book i created this character sarah and i created her based. you know i really thought about all of the amazing women i know um and none of us are perfect you know which i think even makes us more amazing um as women in general as I'm saying and so I, you know, I kind of combined all of their personalities and their traits and what they do into this character and I made her the nurse that helped him um, and then at the very end of that book I leave you hanging and the last um, sentence in that book he says so what's going on with you and she says well I'm just single pitiful and unlovable and then she links, links, links at him and then says yeah right so then this book is single pitiful and unlovable yeah right so then you know you you don't know anything about her personal life as far as dating or married or anything in the first book. So the second book really picks up on it. And so it can definitely be read as a standalone, but um, there's definitely a little bit of continuation. You know, definitely if you read the first one, you understand the second one a little bit better, but if you just buy the second one and just read that, you won't have any problems whatsoever, but it's, you know, I, I you know, I'm 41 And, uh, you know, even I know women older than me, younger than me, I know men, amazing people, and they have all kinds of struggles in relationships. And I just really, when I was writing this book, I thought about, you know, common struggles, online dating, um, to, you know, dating someone that's wonderful, but there's just no chemistry. Um, and then I kept putting, you know, these different scenarios, um, in the book, you know, each chapter is pretty organized, um, you know, per experience. And then, you know, but at the same time, you know, she's growing and she's developing and what she's learning, how she's refining her character, what life lessons she has to learn to make her be the best version of herself, you know, to potentially be ready Mm -hmm. for the one. Or is she even ready? Is that ever going to happen? You know, maybe her life's purpose is more than just failed relationships.
0: Hmm. That to me is like, Wow. And to put all of that into a book, to put all that passion down into
3: words, what was that like for you? So um, I, I'm I'm just super transparent. You can go on my social media, but uh, so I um, mm-hmm. I was finally properly diagnosed this year um, with stage four endometriosis, and I had all of my internal organs sticking together, and um, so I was very sick. So I went from living this very busy body lifestyle to being very sick and sedated. Um, or sedentary and I had a major surgery and I'm doing really well now. I'm so happy. But it was, you know, my it wasn't just the writing, but my entire lifestyle had changed. So I went to work, took care of patients all day, and then, you know, I was really sick for two years. But it was so mentally stimulating, um, you know, to think and to have, you know, on my way home from um, work today, i was talked to my good friend, Marlene, and we were talking about when you have a purpose and when you have a job and you have a passion, you know, you're just going, going, going. So, Um, It was really great. Um, I actually, uh, you know, in this book, I took some time to, like, process some of, like, my own pain, even though, you know, this is not my life story at all, but um, my grandmother had passed away, and that was a huge wound, so, you know, the character's grandmother passes away, so, you know, there's a reflection of that in there, and so I was able to use that pain, Um, you know, I guess use what was, you know, hurt me for, for something good. And I processed it in a book. So hopefully it'll help someone else. But again, I gotta be very clear. It's a fictional novel. Um, And the reason I chose to make it a fictional novel is because I take care of young individuals. And it's so important for me when they leave my office to have resources and have things to go to, you know, like, would you watch a YouTube video? Would you watch a movie? Would you go to this place? You know, what would you do? And so, you know, not a lot of people read anymore. And so I said, would you read? Would you read a self-help book? No. Would you read an autobiography? Well, maybe if it was short enough. So I was very, very thoughtful to keep it short and fiction, um, even though I you know, I put very real-life experiences in there that anyone could relate to. Mm-hmm. I love it. I
0: love it. Where You know, when you think about the book, when you think about all the things that you've gone through, what what reflection on this character on this book would would have any reality in your own life, or would it?
3: Well, I'm single, so is she. But I mean, um, well, I think uh, you know, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of you know little slices that are me. Like for example, mm-hmm. um, she she has, she rescues dogs everywhere she goes, and I'm very very passionate about animal rescue. In fact, I'm given ten percent of the profits to animal rescue and so she does Mm -hmm. that in the book you know and I think because that is a passion of mine because I knew my book would reach a different audience you know that that's a Mm -hmm. reflection of me you know I, I was doing another interview and I was talking to this lady um the host she was phenomenal and um we were just joking and laughing and I was telling her you know there's this guy who's such a loser he wouldn't stop calling over and over and over and I had ignored him no I wasn't paying attention to his calls, his texts, his emails, nothing, just ignored him, and he wouldn't stop, so I was literally outside walking my dog, and I had a choice to pick up after my dog or answer his phone, like, I'm going to pick up after my dog, and so her and I were talking about that, she's like, that is such, you know, that that is so telling about how little you are interested in someone, so then I, you know, there's just like two sentences in there, but I use, you know, that, you know, when you're writing, a you know, as a woman or, you know, someone who dated or whatever, I'm sure there's been times where you like somebody and you're calling them over and over and, like, did they not get the message? Well, maybe, I don't know. And it's like reality is, like, you got the biggest message alive. They're not calling you back. They don't want to talk to you. So, you know, that was another um, little, uh, you know, snippet um, in the book as well. So, um, you know, I just, I think when I sit there and I think about, you know, My friends, a lot of them, you know, that are similar in age and still single, I think, you know, this book could be very reflective of their lives, you know, the stuff that we've had Mm -hmm. to deal with in modern dating, like catfishing or, you know, people misrepresenting themselves. And that's probably most of uh, single people at this time, so including myself. Wow. 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 That is amazing, so
0: where can people reach you? I mean, I know I put down uh, a couple of places on on the uh, description box below the interview so if you're if you're listening to this, you can go ahead and go to facebook uh, Jamie Servson author or you can go to twitter at jamie m Soson but are there any other places where where people can reach you and get the book?
3: uh yeah, Instagram. Uh, definitely. And the book's on Amazon. I have an Amazon author account too. Um and there's links to that on, on my Facebook profile and also I think my Amazon as well. Um the thing is with my Facebook author account and I put motivational um posts every single day and you know, by all means, you know, if you need some encouragement or motivation, I probably put about ten posts every day and people are like, You you wrote a book? I had no idea. Like I put such you know, like in comparison to what I write. Um but uh for whatever reason, on Facebook authors, they make it very difficult to return messages, but then they put me on the hit list for not returning messages fast enough. So I always find it easier for people to reply in the comments. But I do get the direct messages from um, Instagram or, you know, just, you know, sometimes a comment. I'm I'm very good at getting back to people if I actually get the message.
0: Mm. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. You know, you know, you can't really trust the... You know, everybody has a life to live, and we don't get to these sites like instantaneously. So just be patient when you or anybody. You know, I I think it's unrealistic for Amazon and a lot of different companies to think that you can reply in five hours when you're at work. So, so yeah, it's amazing. You know, why they would even think so. But um, for the most part, I, I definitely appreciate you being on the show, appreciate you bringing your love and your passion. Uh, across to the people. Is there any anything else you'd like to say, anything inspirational you'd like to say to the people listening today?
3: Uh, well, I mean, I think, you know, both my books, you know, the first one is the theme of uh, authenticity. The theme in this one is, you know, finding purpose. And I would just say, you know, Be the best version of yourself trust your gut and know you're exactly where you're meant to be and if you're not being the best version of yourself step up and you know and just be confident you if if you're living the life that you know in your heart and soul you should you're exactly where you're meant to be you know and then you're going to grow in your pain you know and when people you know i I talk to people all the time my patients all the time and i say you know if everyone likes you, there's a problem, you know, like cause there's a lot of bad people in this world. You don't want them to like you. But the other thing is, you know, if we don't have pain in our life, we don't grow. You know, that doesn't mean we don't have fun and passion and comedy and all the other amazing things. But if you're going through a hard time, that's when you're also growing. So you'll get through it and you'll be okay. And probably better and stronger because of it, regardless of what that is. Definitely.
2: Definitely.
0: Thank you again yeah. so much for being on yeah. the show. That was Amy and she just released her book and you guys got to go and get it and at least go and, and look at it. I mean, a lot of people, you know, they, they say they're going to do something and they don't do it. I need you to do it. I need you to do it. Thank you again. Thank you so much for being on the show.
3: I really appreciate it. And just I, I designed the cover myself and 10% goes to animal rescue, so that's really important. Like If you like your animals, there's going to be support for animals. But thanks again. It was lovely chatting with you.
0: And you too, Jamie. Thank you. Wow. And 10% goes to the animals. I mean, I'm looking at this and I'm going, if you don't know how to get out of your comfort zone, ask somebody who has. And I did. I went on, and just to say ask somebody who has, I went on Facebook and I just kind of posted up, you know, uh, do you have any suggestions we can say on air? And Mark Tur- Turcio, Tur- Turcio. I torture names, guys. As you can see, I get them wrong. I torture them. So Mark Turcio says, "Comfort breeds complacency. Life needs challenges. Live it." Thank you, Mark, for that wonderful, wonderful quote. And we're gonna go ahead and finish our show today with that. And I just I thank you guys for tuning in to Dream Chasers Radio. Thank you so much for being an avid listener. Don't forget to share, share, share. Join us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We're on all those. And most of all, don't forget to
1: watch.
0: I always say it. Dare to be different, baby. Until next time, you guys, this is Yaya Diamond signing out.